sure you can do better than you are doing. This is the beginning of another week. Jesus is up to something in your life. Can I hear you clap your hands and shout hallelujah? Hey, look at somebody and tell the person, Jesus is up to something. And tell the person, be excited. Huh? Is the person excited? You can't see from under the eye, but look into the eyes and see if the person is excited. Ask the person, are you excited? Tell the person, I am excited. No, no, some of you don't sound excited. Tell the person, I'm excited. Because Jesus is up to something. If you are really excited, clap your hands and let me hear you shout a big hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Lift up your hands with me for two minutes quickly and say, In the name of Jesus. Hey, let me hear your voice. Say, In the name of Jesus. This morning, I come under the cover of the blood. I come under the cover of the blood. Even the blood of Jesus. And I declare any hidden curse fighting my life, fighting my destiny, fighting my family, operating in my life. In the name of Jesus, I command you break in Jesus' name. Any secret covenant, any familiar spirit fighting my destiny, fighting my life by the blood of Jesus, I command you to break right now. Lift up your voice and break it in the name of Jesus. Lift up your prayer. Come on, can I hear your prayer? In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and pray. Every hidden curse is broken. Any hidden curse is terminated. I come under the cover of the blood. And I speak that by the blood of Jesus. It is broken. In the name of Jesus. Every secret covenant. Every secret covenant. In the name of Jesus. Every secret covenant in the name of Jesus, any secret covenant fighting your life, fighting your career, fighting your destiny in the name of Jesus, I stop it now in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Some of you, your prayer there is no fire in your prayer lift up your hands again and say in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh let me hear your voice say in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus some of you are praying you are busy looking at other people like, oh. lift up your hands say in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I speak this morning I speak this morning any secret covenant any secret covenant fighting my destiny fighting my destiny and that of my family and time of my family right now right now be terminated be terminated lift up your voice and pray for just one minute to pray yes it is terminated it is terminated it is terminated it is terminated 
terminated. It is terminated. Terminate. Terminate. In the name of Jesus. And by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is terminated. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Pray this last prayer. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Ah, say like you are talking to your presence. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. This morning. This morning. And this week. And this week. Let your fresh fire. Let your fresh oil. Rest upon my life. Rest upon my life. Say it again. Say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. This morning. This morning. And this week. And this week. Let your fresh fire. Let your fresh oil. Rest upon my life. Upon my life. Rest upon my family. Rest upon my in the name of Jesus. In the name Open of your mouth and pray one minute. Lift up your prayer. Let your fire rest upon us. Let your fire rest upon my family. Fire rest upon my business. Let your fire rest upon my finances. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit rest upon your goings and your coming in. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit rest upon your destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ, the blood who speak this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your Bible if you have one. Lift up your Bible if you have one, which you are supposed to have. Every day, carry a Bible. Uh, it says, This book of the law. He didn't say this tablet or this phone of the law. Alright? Yeah. The tablet that Moses wrote upon, huh? it is not Samsung. So lift up your Bible and say in the name of Jesus. This morning, I am not a hearer of the word only, but I'm a doer of the word. By his word, I will break through on every side. In Jesus' name. Wave your Bible and say a big amen. Take your seat. And after you have seated, clap your hands. Like you are ready for a blessing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That this morning, we are never the same again. Touch my lips of clay. And Lord, bless the ears and the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. Can I hear somebody say Amen. Let me hear somebody say, Amen. Oh, I want to feel you this morning. Say, Amen. amen. On Wednesday, I went to take the um, vaccine, the Corona vaccine. Yes, Amen. And and I went with the presiding bishop and Bishop Ohine. We went to take the vaccine together. And I'm still around. So those of you afraid. That if you take the vaccine, you will die. Please. I have not died. So you to go and take yours. Somebody say amen. amen. But when you get the chance to take it, please don't let it. There are so many theories. I saw one on Facebook who say that when you take the vaccine, they will just with something and then you become a gay. You become a You become a gay as soon as you take the vaccine. Um, that is that is not just a lie. It is sheer. <laughs> I don't want to continue what I was going to say. I was going to say it is sheer. 
be sunny. But you know, amen. But this morning and the whole of the month of March, it's a month of impact. Somebody say amen. And we will be discussing the man of God. Somebody say the man of God. Let me hear your voice. Say the man of God. So we'll be talking about the man of God and his character. We will also discuss the man of God and his work. We will discuss the man of God and his honor. And then the man of God and his reward. This morning, we will do the first one, which is the man of God and his character. Better still, I will entitle it, What Makes the Man of God? Because we live in a generation where everybody is a man of God. Everybody <laughs> is, yes, is a man of God. Huh? So, when we say a man of God, who is a man of God? And somebody will ask, but Bishop, why should I know? How, why do I care who a man of God is and who is not a man of God? The reason you need to know is that whether we like it or not, anything God will do for a man, he will use a man. Anything God will do for a man, he will use a man. I've told you that before. Is that correct? The Bible tells us in the book of Chronicles, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe also his prophets and you shall prosper. So as children of God and as Christians, we are commanded by scripture to obey and believe in those we call our men of God. And so, in the days in which we live, it is very, very important for us to be certain so that you understand that not all that glitters is gold. Not anybody carrying the Bible is a man of God. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. There, are, there is one particular person I sometimes see on TV. The first time I saw that person on TV and the person was preaching and then when the person finished, he says, my shrine is at so and so place. My shrine. Huh? So in actual fact, that person was a fetish but was encouraging people using the Bible. And there are so many <laughs> there are so many people in, in Christendom today who wear suits they use cordless microphones gone are those days when you see a fetish priest you can just say that this one is one because when they are coming they don't wear slippers where I grew up from in my hood in Choco and along the beach when you saw them no, you know that this is either a holomo or this is a wonche now one you know, and, and things like that. Because as soon as they appear, but nowadays it's not like that. They wear suits, they wear designer shoes, they quote scripture, and some even have a certain picture they call the picture of Jesus in the church. In the church. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So it is important for you to understand this. So don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Are we together? I wanted you to bring it up to speed so that we understand why we need to because it's not a pastor so why should we be talking about man of God and, and all those things alright so first of all for anybody to be called a man of God or a pastor I use the word pastor generically the person must have a unique call 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 22 verse 14 22 verse 14 he says that many are called but few are chosen but whether it is a call or a chosen you don't call yourself the Bible says that no one in the book of Hebrews no one takes this honor upon himself so you, you, you don't say I've come into the fivefold ministry because I feel like let me just be here no no one takes this honor upon himself and anybody who you know is a, a, a servant of God most of them all of them from scripture up to today will always have this personal inadequacy you feel personally inadequate and scripture tells us a lot about that in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11 Moses says to God who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh <laughs> and say to Pharaoh that let the children of Israel go out of Egypt so Moses felt so inadequate in fact Moses felt so inadequate to the extent that God had to now tell him that don't worry I will let Aaron speak for you because and anybody who is truly called of God no, it is not about eloquence it is not about who you are it is not about education but you know that this work of God it is not by might nor by power are you getting what I'm trying to say yeah so when you meet the man of God, you say, ask for me, you know, and things like that. And boast in their flesh, it should tell you that this one, there is something to look at. Amen. But God will always use the most insignificant to accomplish his works. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 27, one of my favorite scriptures. 1 Corinthians 1 27, the Bible says that God, uses the foolish things of this world or God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So God uses the insignificant. God uses the people who see themselves as nobodies. The people who see themselves as naturally, naturally, biologically unqualified. God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. That is why I am sure that some of you, God is going to use you for something great. Can I hear somebody say a better amen? So we see an example like Elisha. But we see an example <laughs> like Elisha. Elisha was a farmer. And God called him out of farming and made him an international prophet. A prophet that stood before kings and kingdoms and determined what happened in his generation we see a man like David who was a shepherd boy huh? tending after his father's sheep and David says in first chronicles I think chapter 18 verse 18 he says who am I and what is my house because naturally such a man will be so unqualified is somebody getting what I'm talking about so God will always use the most insignificant the most unqualified to accomplish his purpose one of my favorite Bible characters is a man Peter Peter in the Bible he was a fisherman unlearned in fact when Jesus died in the book of Acts the Bible says that when the council saw the boldness of Peter they took notice of him 
that the man was unlearned. He doesn't have a classmate. But rather, they realized that he had been with Jesus. Oh, may God give such a testimony about you in the name of Jesus. Can I hear a, a better amen in the house? So tell somebody sitting next to you, don't disqualify yourself. Oh, tell somebody, don't disqualify yourself. We see a man like Paul, who by the time he met Jesus, he was already a lawyer, a Pharisee, and so on and so forth. But Paul says that when he met Christ, all the things he counted as gain, he now counts them as loss. And God emptied him and filled him with himself. So this morning, maybe you are saying that, well, I'm uneducated. Like you are like Peter. God can still make something out of your life. You say, oh, maybe I'm too educated. Well, I came to tell you, you have a brother called Paul in the Bible. If God could use Peter, God could use Paul, then you are the next on the line in the name of Jesus. But the point I'm trying to make is that God uses the insignificant people. Some of you, in your old age, may God use you. If your amen is louder, I said, may God use you. Some of you young people, may you become the Timothys of this generation in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hand, everybody, and shout a big amen. amen. But when God calls his people, one of the things that is required is to develop ourselves and to be trained. So when you meet people who said, well, it doesn't matter, I don't need to be trained. I, I just have to speak. And whether we like it or not, we are in a dispensation of knowledge. And I'm going to show you very soon from scripture that God abhors ignorance. In fact, God fights foolishness and foolish people. God will fight you. Is somebody getting what I'm talking about? In Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, he says, because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from becoming priests. And when I talk about development and training, it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody sitting in a classroom or something. No. But then people who are called our generation will live in a time where we need people who can speak, who can speak knowledge and wisdom that should be able to make sense for the time in which we live. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen. And so in Psalm 78 verse 72, Psalm 78 some, some 78 verse 72 the bible says so he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness so ministry requires skill everybody says skill so we can't take it for granted you can't take it for granted that it doesn't matter. Peter was unlearned. But the people took notice of him. That even though he doesn't have a classmate, somebody's life has rubbed on him. Am I talking to somebody this morning? So, it is unacceptable. Perez, remember, and those of us watching us on Facebook, oh, anyway, those of you watching us on Facebook, thank you very much for watching us, but share, share the link for us. You see, it is unacceptable for you to say that, oh, he, he doesn't understand anything, but he's anointed. 
Anointing does not qualify somebody to become a man of God. Oh, I thought you say I thought you say amen to that. Is that okay? In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 15. Ecclesiastes 10:15, the Bible says, The labor of the foolish wearied every one of them. The labor. Huh? When a foolish man, we are working with a foolish man, everybody will be tired. Because he knoweth not how to go to the city. They don't even know how to lead you. And Jesus said the other day that if a blind man leads a blind they will both fall into a ditch. May our generation experience a new breed of men of God that will bring a transformation in the name of Jesus Christ the man of God is a linguist I like the way Bishop, presiding bishop says it because he always likes the tree he's a linguist it means that he's a spokesperson of God in Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 17 the bible says son of man I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning for me. So, a man of God must hear the word out of God's mouth and give the people a warning. A man of God must speak to the conscience of people. We are called to speak to the conscience of people. We are not just called to hide people's emotions. It is not an emotional thing we are doing. Can I hear somebody say amen? Men man of God are supposed to speak truth to power. And that is why I love my father, the presiding bishop. Oh, no matter who you are, he will say what he has to say. Somebody getting what I'm talking about? We live in a time where a lot of people, you know, there is a saying that eh, you shouldn't go to church and go back feeling, feeling sad. But the Bible says that godly sorrow leads to repentance. There are times when you go to church and because the Bible says that you are supposed to hear from God's mouth and give them a warning, the man of God must sometimes rebuke because the word of God is supposed to rebuke, is supposed to exhort, is supposed to correct, and is supposed to instruct. So, we can't just be having exhortation in church. Church cannot just be for exhortation. Sometimes, the word of God, like in the days of Paul, Galatians chapter 3, one day he writes a letter to them and says, Foolish Galatians! <laughs> if it was in our day, the following morning, headline. <laughs> one of the Perez pastors, Nancy Odidim Grofatem, I'm not saying that men of God should insult people. No, that's what I'm talking about. Insult is different from rebuking. But we should be able to speak to the conscience of people. If you see a man of God who doesn't speak to the conscience of people and everything he does, oh, you buy a car next week, you buy a house next week, and that is, listen, you know I believe, and in Perez Chapel, we believe in miracles more than anything. Is that correct? However, the word should be able to also correct and speak to our conscience 
and speak to the conscience of society. Can I hear somebody say amen? amen. Are we together? So, the man of God must not be a sweet talker. Must not be a sweet talker. When people come and they are messing up, you look at them and say, oh, it is fine, it is fine. I know a certain, I know a certain guy. Anything you tell him, you say, oh, it's a good idea. <laughs> Somebody says it's a good idea. When he comes and says, oh, I think we can do this, he says, oh, it's a good idea. Then another person comes and says, oh, I think that we should be able to do that. He says, oh, it's a good idea. You come and say, oh, I want to marry. The person is a Muslim. He says, oh. <laughs> but we must speak to the conscience of people. Can I hear somebody say amen? In Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 10, he says, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot back. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Verse 11. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough. And they have, they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way. Everyone for his gain from his quarters. But a true man of God cannot be a damn dog. You must speak to the conscience of people. That is why sometimes when you come to church, we preach you and we prophesy to you that it's going to be well with you. And this morning, it shall be well with you in the name of Jesus. But when God puts his word in our mouth that we should speak and warn you of a certain way, we must speak with the same fire and the same vim. Somebody say a big amen. He says, a man of God, out of his mouth must come knowledge. When you meet any true man of God, out of his mouth must come knowledge. In Malachi chapter 2 and verse 7, he says, For the priest's lips should speak or should keep knowledge. And they should seek the law out of his mouth. So, out of the lips of any true man of God should proceed knowledge. Knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. And people should seek the laws of God out of our mouths. So don't go around calling everybody and everyone is a man of God. No, 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 no. You, this year, you will follow right. So what are some of the qualifications of a man of God? And we see this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. We are going to read from verse 1 to 6. It says, This is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he has desired a good work. The word bishop simply means overseer. Is that okay? Hello? Are we still together? Are you learning some Bible this morning? So, if a man desires the office of a pastor, of an apostle, of a prophet, you have desired a good thing. So in fact, you can desire to be used by God. And God will use you. May that be your desire. And then he goes on to give certain qualities. Now, we have divided the qualities of the man of God, or the qualifications, into four. Into four. Number one, 
we are going to look at his positive qualities his positive qualities number two we'll look at his negative qualities number three we'll look at the home qualities and then number four we'll look at not a novice not a novice novice is spelled no and vice no vice n-o-v-i-c-e amen so let's look at his positive qualities in first timothy chapter 3 verse 2 verse 2 says a bishop then must be blameless a husband of one wife vigilant sober of good behavior given to hospitality apt to teach or able to teach so this is the qualification so the bible says that paul was speaking to his son timothy and was telling his son timothy that a man of god must be blameless when we say you are blameless it doesn't mean you are perfect are we together church are we together when we say somebody is blameless it doesn't mean that the person is perfect God is perfecting all of us but blameless simply means that you can't find faults with him he doesn't do things anyhow he doesn't do things to attract blame anyhow a minister is not to be chosen regardless of his character some people say oh as for the character there doesn't really matter it is the anointing that matters that is a lie of the devil tell somebody that is a lie he said oh oh the character of a man of God is important amen if a man who is to influence people to produce Christian character himself doesn't have Christian character then there is a problem if a man of God who is supposed to help us to develop Christian qualities and character does not have good character himself then we are in trouble a survey was conducted and presiding bishop shared that with us some few was it weeks when, when did we do our conference two weeks ago eh? Search, it, it was a, it's a, it was a, um, a research they did in America about different professions and how people looked at them strangely in America today people trust nurses and doctors they trust teachers more than pastors in fact pastors were one of the low groups were ranked a bit higher than politicians and policemen in America and if you are in the category of policemen And politicians, then it means that the matter has become a matter. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm talking about? Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? So, character is very, very important. Paul says in First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse one, that be followers of me, even as I follow Christ. 
So nobody qualifies to get your attention and your following if the person's character does not follow Christ. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Come on, talk to me, church. Are you getting what I'm talking about? If somebody's character does not depict Christ, you have no business following the person. You have no business following the person. Let the person call down fire, fire, appear, fire. Huh? And then command darkness to appear and darkness and the person's character is questionable. Please, you have no business following the person. Is that okay? Church, is that okay? I'm asking again, is that okay? Eh, eh, eh. You know man of God. Every two years, you divorce and marry another one. And you are still, no, something is wrong. You get what I'm talking about. You see man of God, Chaloto, can sit on Facebook, put camera in front of him. And then you waste that even unbelievers cannot use in public. And then this one will fire this one. Then Paul says that be followers of me as I follow Christ. Is somebody getting what I'm talking about? Don't be driven too much by gifts hmm? and people's charisma because everything will pass away. Some people, some of you, when you are in need, you don't even care where you go. And I've always told people, sometimes when you follow, every man of God you follow, every man of God you follow, one of these days, you will become a witch. Yeah. Because everybody, when we finish the cases, we may go into dealing with transference of spirit. And I'll be sharing some things with you. Because everybody laying hands on you. Oko, hey man of God, in a mena, in a mesunda, in a cockroach, in a cockroach, no shoe, or be family shoe, I share. Tefran, I be family shoe, I share. In a medinachi, now I'm out oil. Then it gives you green oil, blue oil, red oil. Now watch it, now I'm numbi. Who become a witch very soon? I'm telling you, Paul said to Timothy, lay hands quickly on no man. Don't lay hands quickly on any man. Otherwise, you will become a partaker of their sins. Is that okay? Not everybody must put their hands on your head. Everybody put your hand on your head and say, my head is precious. Oh, come on, say it again. Say, my head is precious. Say, my head carries a crown. Not any hand must touch this head. Amen? Not any hand. Yes, if you are clapping your hands, please do it well. Not any hand. Not any hand. Not any hand. I start your head. I can count the number of people who have laid hands on me since I became born again. I can count the number of people who have laid hands on me since I became. In fact, I can count the number of churches I have visited. Huh? I got born again in Perez Chapel, then went to Miracle Church, and I'm still here. Huh? And I know before I came to church, there were some people whose faces I still see today who were already in the church, and they are still here. You, 
in the past three years, you've jumped to about four different churches already. Once we had done it before. Somebody say, Man! But the man of God must be vigilant. The Bible says, To tend the flock with good care, must be sober. Good behavior. It means that he must be of a sound mind, self controlled. Free from influence and intoxicants or things that are poisonous to the human spirit. Huh? He must be wise. He must be given to hospitality. He must be generous. He must be generous. And then he says that he must be able to teach. Hmm? You have no business being in any church like that. Can I hear somebody say amen? You must be in a church where we preach the word. We teach the word. We pray. And then we prophesy too. You can't pick one and say, it must come together. Because the Bible says that a man of God must be able to teach. That's what the Bible says. Let's look quickly at his negative qualities. It says in verse 3, not given to wine. You don't you don't quaff alcohol. Hmm? A man of God is not supposed to quaff alcohol. Not a striker. It means that you don't meet him in the street. Say, I thought I had forgotten all my. <laughs> eh? This one, if you have lived in proper rural town, you understand it. You know, I attended Cambridge Preparatory School. How many of you know where Cambridge is? Yes, by the beach, next to Shalom Shalom. That's where I attended school. Yeah. That's where my my preparatory school. I attended it. Sure. When we go, every place, small thing on Kobanyemiye, where are sure now? No plenty talk, no plenty talk. You know, there's all these children. It's only video games, you know. You know, you don't know, you don't know about three. <laughs> you know what about three is? Huh? Yes, wrestling. We call it about three. Oh, we must touch the man. Man, we galik you know garlic sickly. We have to for you to for you to establish that you have beaten a person. Aisha, you, you grew up in an estate. You don't understand what I'm saying. Eh? You have to put sand sand in his mouth. Okay, oh Charlie, they can like be And then sometimes you have to play chaskele. You know chaskele? It is called African golf or cricket. African cricket. We use the milk chains. Then we, we knock it. Yeah. Then we use. <laughs> hey, let me. But the point I'm making is that a man of God must not be a striker or a brawler. Okay? Yeah. Not greedy or filthy looker. Driven by money. Money. When he sees money, then his eyes. 
One day I remember in a French church, a certain lady, I was praying with. I was a problem, and I told her what to do. She wanted a quick fix, so she didn't tell me. For some time, she disappeared from church, and then went to a certain prophet somewhere, and then came back after some months and said, "Hey, hmm, Pastor, this guy have taken my money." I said, "What happened?" Then he started narrating the story. When she was telling me how the guy took the money, because the guy didn't put his hands in your pocket, huh? Gave it and said that you have to pay for the prophecy, and you paid, and then told you that after one week this will happen, and the thing didn't happen, and you went again, and then you said that it's because the money you took was not enough, and then you paid, <laughs> and then you went for the third time, and then you paid again, and then now when you went to see him, they said he's busy, he can't see you. Then he now came back to me. I was just sitting down looking at her, and I was saying in my head, Ochia, why but the man of God is not supposed to be greedy. His home qualities, verse 4, one that rules his house well, having his children under subjection. Verse 5 says, For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So a man of God must be somebody who has his house in control, one that rules his house well. And I thank God for the example we have in Perez Chapel. Our presiding bishop and our father, he has raised. Oh, if you are clapping hands, it's a good place to clap. Amen. He has raised godly children in the fear of the Lord. May that grace fall upon all of us in the name of Jesus. And if your children has gone astray, may that grace upon his life bring your children back home in Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands and say a big amen. And then, number four not a novice the man of God must not be a novice in 1st Timothy chapter 3 verse 6 it says not a novice else being lifted up with pride will fall into the condemnation of the devil amen when they say not a novice in years ago people interpreted the scripture to me to mean that the person shouldn't be a youth <laughs> Because eh, as for young people, no, but that is not true. You can be 80 years and still be a novice. Not a novice simply means that don't be not somebody who is so ignorant. Mm. Somebody who, who is full of himself. You know, one of the most proudful people in the world are people who don't know and yet believe they know. <laughs> but not a novice. Amen. People outside the church must not question our Christian character and morality, which has become the norm in our generation. At first, when somebody says he was a man of God, whoa, the person is held in high esteem. Nowadays, there are places you go to, and you are not even confident to say you are a man of God. Because as soon as you say you are a man of God, hey, <laughs> but it is changing in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I didn't hear you. I said it is changing in the name of Jesus. In Romans chapter 4 verse 16, it says, Let not then your good be evil spoken of. So our good must not be spoken ill of. Which means that a man of God must keep himself well, must demonstrate good qualities, 
must demonstrate good character and I'm teaching you this today and in all of Perez Chapel we are teaching you this this morning so that you will not become a prey to the teeth of anybody at all who calls himself men of God amen Jesus taught the other day and said that test the spirit another time he says buy their fruits I know them now we've shown you what the fruit of a man of God should look like when you see one I'm sure you'll be able to identify them oh I said when you see one I'm sure you'll be able to identify them and then when you identify them honor them and respect them as men of God then the reward of a man of God will be your portion God bless you but I had everybody you want your sins to be forgiven if I hear you want your sins to be forgiven please lift up one hand and I'll pray with you if anybody here wants your sins to be forgiven yes stand to your feet and walk to me you want your sins to be forgiven come 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 to me lift up one hand church everybody lift up your hand this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I come to you today. Forgive me all my sins and wash me with your blood. Make me a new person. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Father, establish your son in your kingdom. Let him never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen.